Good day, listeners, and welcome to One Man's World with Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. The man whom you now hear speaking is the very man of whom that man speaks, Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. He, by which he means me, meaning I, would like now to say that this portion of today's broadcast is sponsored by Advil. Advil, because when you've got a headache, all you want is a pill. Now... Right now, on the show today, I am joined, as I am always joined, by a pair of guests. One of them a man most agreeable, one of them a man most sour, and furthermore, not actually here in the room with us because he's developed an acute case of agoraphobia and cannot leave his home without having a severe panic attack and collapsing. I'm not agoraphobic. My legs are broken. You've been saying your legs are broken for months, Scott. They have been broken for months. They're not healing properly. That's why I keep having surgeries. You know this. If my legs had healed, I would not be beating my head against the wall that is you for money. I would be doing literally anything else. Yesman, pretend you're a psychotherapist. Okay. Would you diagnose Scott with an acute case of agoraphobia like I just did? Uh, what are his symptoms? He has a panic attack whenever he leaves his house. Mm, yes. You know, Daniel, I know you don't care about how what you say affects people, but there are probably people who struggle with agoraphobia who are listening right now. You could be losing listeners, losing fans. It's something to think about. If there are any agoraphobies listening who have a problem with what I'm saying, they can come down here to the station and tell me to my face. <laughs> right, Yesman? That's right, Daniel. Agoraphobies? Is that a real slur? I mean, I know you meant it as one. Yes, man. Yes, man. Explain the joke I just made to Scott. Okay, Scott. Agoraphobic people are afraid to leave their homes. So, when Daniel said if they had a problem with him, they could come down to the station, the joke was that no agoraphobic person would ever leave his or her home because that's the nature of their condition. You know... I usually prefer to ignore you whenever you speak, yes-men, but I will take this opportunity to say that I can't stand you either. Scott, you're just mad because I'm not politically correct, as you always like to say. I never say that. The only, hey, look, the only people who ever use the term politically correct are people who are patting themselves on the back for not being politically correct. It's easy for an agoraphobe like you to be PC, Scott. You never leave your house, so you never have to interact with real people and watch your flimsy ideals turn to ash in the harsh light of day, exposed as the childish fantasies of a man who so desperately wants to force everyone around him to refer to him as wife-challenged instead of divorced. Can I get a yes, yes-man? Yes. So... No art this week, then? On the contrary, Scott, many art indeed this week. I actually just concluded a long-term project called Runners Up. Just tell me now, Daniel. How much am I going to hate it? Oh, I don't know, Scott. That depends. Are you familiar with the concept of a concept? This is by far the worst part of my week, Daniel. Uh... And that's saying something, because being crippled, my weeks are not good weeks. Scott, runners-up, the art I'm going to be explaining to you today in the simplest possible terms, is what is known in art circles as conceptual. 
We artists refer to art such as runners-up as conceptual because the art relates to and interacts with a concept. Conceptual art has a love-hate relationship with concepts because it wants to break free of the concept. But without the concept, it would cease to be conceptual art, at which point you're basically just rolling the dice in terms of interpretation and meaning and what have you. Ugh. So the art of runners-up, Scott, is art in itself, yes, but it also contains art within it. You might say that it's artful art or art of art. You, the art viewer, view the art bit by bit, and slowly you become conscious of the larger art encompassing the art you were already art viewing at, and soon you're wondering... Where does the art end? Is there a layer of art beyond the larger art you just realized is there? Is there a layer beyond that one? Are there layers upon layers of art stretching out into infinity? It staggers the mind. But the answer to all of those questions is no, because with runners-up, there's just the two layers. So now you've completely muddled everyone's concept of the word concept while drawing no closer to explaining this week's art project. We're making... Great progress here, Dan. Scott, well will you, Scott, will you have some faith in me? Will you trust that I know what I'm doing? Will you trust that what I'm saying will eventually make sense to you if you just wait quietly, listen, and allow me to explain things in my own way and in my own time without you interrupting every time you sense my explanation rising beyond your grasp, which you do constantly because you never understand anything and you never will because you're incapable? Well, that line of questioning took a self-contradictory turn that would have been surprising coming from anyone else, but I guess the bottom line is that no, I will never trust you. You make me say it every week. How about you, Yesman? Of course, Daniel. Yes. I'd be honored to trust you. That's very decent of you, Yesman. Very decent. Thank you. You're welcome, Daniel. It's my pleasure. You hear that, Scott? It's his pleasure to trust me. Yesman actually derives literal pleasure from trusting me. You heard it. Why would you deny yourself that pleasure? Please, Daniel. Please. Just tell me and your listeners what runner-up is. Now. Uh, I'm thrilled that you asked, Scott. Runners-up is a conceptual art project I conceived of, carried out, and defended in court over the period of six months. But to the amateur artists who participated in the project, runners-up appeared to be an art contest called Newest Newness. Did you slip something in there about having to defend this project in court? We'll get to that, but spoiler alert, I won, completely exonerated of all wrongdoing, again. <laughs> well, I'm relieved to know that Justice was served. So all of these amateur artists entered pieces in my newest newness art contest. There were 12 categories. Green oil painting, watercolor volcano, vague poem, original song-like thing, offensive portrait, etc. And each category had incredibly specific rules that the artist had to follow. For example, in the green oil painting category, the artist could only use shades of green. In the vague poem category, every line had to be 19 syllables long and end with a word that rhymed with ache, but they couldn't use the word ache, and so on. Anyway, I was the sole judge. According to the rules of the contest, whoever got first place in each category would receive $1,000 and their work would be displayed as part of a special exhibit at the Half a Home Gallery. The runners-up would receive no money, but their work would also be displayed at the gallery alongside the winners. Daniel, I have to admit, um, when you mentioned that you were the sole judge, a shiver went up my spine. 
How dramatic. So, tell us, how did you cheat them? I didn't cheat them. My work was demonstrably superior. What? My pieces were better, Scott. They deserved to win, so they did. What? You won? Why did you even enter? How were you allowed to enter? Like, which categories did you win? All of them. You entered your own work. Okay, this is your new art project. You entered your own work into every category of your own contest that you were judging, and then judge yourself to be the winner in every category. Am I getting this right? Well, Scott, you're saying it right, but are you getting it right? My guess is that you are not. I don't see how this is open to interpretation. Scott, if you had actually come to the Half a Home Gallery and seen the work of the runners-up displayed right next to my own winning pieces, you would have seen that I had no choice but to award myself a clean sweep. Yes, man, you were there. Did I deserve first place in every category? Of course, yes, Daniel, you did. But, Daniel, I'm saying you shouldn't have entered at all. You shouldn't have been allowed to enter. Even if your pieces were better somehow... Do you think anyone's going to believe you that you were at all impartial in your judgments? They would, Scott, if they saw the pieces I did versus the pieces the contestants did. Let me give you an example. The runner-up in the green oil painting categories piece was bland. It was monochromatic, nothing but green, whereas my piece was bursting with color. So, hold on, wait. (laughs) So... You told all the other contestants that they had to use only shades of green. And then you didn't even follow your own rules. And then you rewarded yourself for completely ignoring the rules you required your competition to abide by. I mean... Of course! Scott! Scott! Of course I ignored the rules! I ignored all the rules. I just did whatever I wanted to do. The original song-like thing category required the contestants to compose their song-like things using only penny whistles and djembes. They all sounded awful. Awful! The miniature sculpture category required the contestants to make sculptures that were less than six inches tall. That's too little! Mine was 12 feet tall. That's a good size for a sculpture, and that's why I won the miniature sculpture category. Art is not about rule following, Scott. If it was, the greatest artist of all time would be James Romanil. Who? James Romanil, the kid in my fifth grade class who followed all the rules all the time and had perfect attendance and set some kind of school record for stickers of commendation, and, and this is the point I'm making, did not go on to become the greatest artist of all time. You know what he went on to become? A respected art contest judge known far and wide for his objectivity and impartiality. I can't even talk to you when you're like this, Scott. No, James Romanell did not become an art contest judge. He died at age 25 when a covered bridge collapsed on top of him while he and his fiancée were taking a horse-drawn carriage ride. Well. Do you know what his last words were? No, I don't. Yes, man, do you know what James Romanell's last words were? Yes, you've told me this story before. James Romanell's last words were... But I followed the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. I told that story in court, Scott. And here I am today, freshly acquitted. So you can make your little unimpressed mm -hmm, noises all you want, but the judge found the story both moving and convincing and thought-provoking and challenging and heartbreaking and life-affirming and romantic and chilling and marvelous. Both of those, then, huh? 
Well, Scott, I can sense you withdrawing and turning inward, choosing to cling to your narrow view of the world, but before you disappear entirely into your own gloomy depths, let me blow your mind. Those weren't really James Romanil's last words. So you lied to a judge by fabricating the last words of a dead acquaintance from fifth grade in order to suit your own ends, but really, you didn't even do that because this whole James Romanel digression has no bearing on your ethical abomination of an art project. James Romanel's real last words were, Look at me, Sophie, so you're the last thing I see. His fiance's name was Sophie. Well, that's very sad. How do you know that? Uh, Sophie was the runner-up in the True Essays of Personal Loss category. I, of course, was the winner. My essay was not true, but it was a story. No, 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 no. Well, there he goes again, lurching away on his crutches, which were undoubtedly the cheapest possible crutches. The man does not know how to exit gracefully. Isn't he awkward, Yesman? Yes, yes, Daniel. He is. This has been One Man's World with Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. I was joined today by the always insightful Yesman and the always insightless Scott something, oh something, oh like whatever. This portion of today's broadcast was brought to you by Advil. Advil because when you've got a headache, all you want is a pill. We'll be back with more of me on One Man's World after this word from our sponsors. <laughs> 